Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday night. It is Attitude Air Live time on 89.1 Kim's FM, and we are here to rock the masses just like always, and we are here again. We have uh, Granny out there in Arkansas. How are you? Well, I'm okay, Icon. I'm ready for another great show on Kim's FM. I hope I don't lose my signal tonight we've got some pretty bad storms going on right now in arkansas and oklahoma so we'll see what happens all right and then uh, we have uh the modern nightmare matthias how are you well after a uh a nice little break and a happy new year type situation i'm ready to uh get on live again on attitude era monday live monday well you know i'll tell you what we got a blockbuster show like always uh we got uh we got three great uh, blockbuster guests to start our first show in the year 2023, episode number 299. And uh, well, I'll tell you what we. Uh, um, uh, I'll tell you what, Matthias. So why don't you tell us what's uh, been keeping busy with you, uh, and then uh, Granny can tell us what's up with you. Then I'll be right, right back to you guys. Let you know what's up with me. Well, basically, in the world of North Dakota's number one heel, the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, uh, nothing too much, you know, just went and had a little bit of a, well, I had to work New Year's Eve, unfortunately, which wasn't the funnest thing in the whole wide world, but, uh, you know, I had to work that night at the windbreak, then got to celebrate uh, yesterday with my woman and her kids and family and that kind of thing, then I... uh, came back today where I got to have the day off of work and got to hang out for a little bit. Now I'm here to do another uh, radio show, just prepping for my show this upcoming Saturday in Mandan, North Dakota, uh, EWI Resurrection, where I will be involved in the Royal Purge match to for an opportunity to face Nick the Natural Nelson at Reprisal uh, in Dickinson April 8th for the uh, EWI Epic Championship. All right, and Granny, what's up with you? I understand you got some bad weather going out there. They're, they have a tornado warning out there in uh, Arkansas right now. Uh, tornado, tornado watch right now till about ten o'clock, but we got some pretty bad thunderstorms going on right now. So, well, to be honest with you, I would much rather have thunderstorms than what we have outside right now uh, in uh, the parking lot of the studio, which is uh, a whole lot of snow and. There's more snow and there's more snow. Yeah, well, okay. I well I think we will, at least until May, June, July, August. <laughs> depends on uh depends on what the weather's <laughs> like, I guess. But anyway, uh let's go ahead and uh talk about uh who's gonna be on our show tonight. Uh, our first guest will be movie critic Ty Burr. Uh and uh then we're gonna have actress, um, director, slash producer, and uh, that would be Debbie Cheney Perkins. And then we have the man that basically helped launch the E-Entertainment Network, A.J. Benza. Um, Have you guys ever heard of any of those shows that he used to do, Mysteries and Scandals and all those? 
I believe so. All right. Yes, I believe so. All right. And his, uh, we can't do his famous tagline because we're on public radio, but fame ain't it a something. And uh, I can't wait to hear him say that, but edited, of course. Uh, and, you know, let's uh, let's kind of catch up with uh, what's going on with me here. Um, unfortunately, the Ohio State Buckeyes did lose uh, Saturday, so uh, no national championship in the helm for them. Of course, Michigan lost as well, uh, so we're both out. Uh, North Dakota State will be playing for the national championship next Sunday. Um, in Frisco, Texas, against our arch rival, South Dakota State. Can't wait for that. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, Matthias, our uh, football team, came a little short against the pack. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite uh, – was not pretty. But, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you just don't have a good game, and we just didn't have a good game last start this weekend. All right, uh, uh, Granny. Uh, what's been going on with the uh, What's been going on with the uh, charge or the Chargers? <laughs> Sorry, the Chiefs. What's Bite been going on with tongue. the Chiefs? Well, we beat Denver. I mean, it. They could have played a little bit better, but we did get the win. And you know, Sunday, twenty-seven to twenty-four against the Broncos. So, I was happy about that after having a couple of rough days with some situations going on that, you know, so. Well, you know, and the way it stands right now, the Vikings can wrap up the second seed with a victory against Chicago uh, and a loss uh, by the 49ers to lock up the second seed. Uh, We had a chance to get the first seed, and we unfortunately blew that. I believe that uh, nothing is stopping the Chiefs right now. I believe they got everything wrapped up on their end. Well, see, this game tonight, Icon, against the Bengals and the Bills, that was going to determine the number one seed, whether or not Kansas City could get it. If Buffalo lost, then I believe Kansas City would have the number one seed in the AFC West. But due to the injury to DeMar Hamlin and they – uh, suspended the game, and it looks like they're not going they to have, have the game tonight. Yeah. There's everybody's going home, and you know, unfortunately, your prayers go out to him and his family. I mean, this young man's only 24 years old, and they, from what I've been hearing, they had to do CPR on him for about 10 minutes on the field while they were waiting for the ambulance to get there. So, uh, yeah. you know, prayers for him and his family. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, you guys were telling me a little bit about that uh, on the air, uh, or before we went on the air. Um, I guess um, we got we got our uh, we got our main resident genius here, the owner of the station here. I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, uh, during the Monday Night Football game, I guess he's what twenty five years old, twenty four, twenty four years, years old, collapsed on collapsed on the field. Yeah, he uh, was giving a hit to a Bengals player, and he tackled him like normal, but the person like ran into him a little like well his neck kind of bounced back from what i saw like he was he got hit like he he was running into him and he got hit like normal and then he tackled him like normal then all of a sudden he like stood up and like after a step or two he just collapsed and he just fell and then they did cpr for about 10 minutes and last i heard he was in the hospital so uh prayers go out to him and the family and it's and it seems like these past few days we have we have lost and a 
incredible amount of people. It's just been these past few days have just been straight up just people we're just losing a lot of people these past couple of days. It's been kind of a kind of a shock, especially like in the wrestling industry or in personal lives. A lot of people have just been <clears throat> these past couple of days have been uh going up to heaven. So it's been it's been it's been really uh strange to say the least. So is that like related to a um um uh, like a head concussion or something like that that uh, that actually took him out. I don't think well, like, well, he got hit in the chest like normal. Like chest. he he, yeah. he stopped kind of, and the guy ran into him like he was going to tackle the, a running back. I think it was the running back, and yeah. he hit him. So then when he hit him like normal, like his head kind of you know shook back a little bit because once you get hit like with a tackle, your head yeah. kind of bounces back a little bit. And then he turned over the running back and he landed on top of him. So it's not like he got crushed or anything. He landed on top of the running back they did a spin and then he pushed up off the running back to stand up and then he just fell straight back so it was after he stood back up again is when he collapsed yep yep, yep. he stood that back could, up that could still be some kind of a head concussion there yeah it could either Especially be when it sprung his neck like that it could either be his head it could be he could mean like he could have had like a small heart attack like was how he got hit in the the heart it could have oh, like yeah. the chest it could, it could have done something to his chest you never know it's just Football, as we all know, is, is one of the more dangerous yep. sports to be playing, especially with concussion protocol and stuff. Yep. And, you know, it's any anything can happen at any point in time. And it, was like, it wasn't even that bad of a hit. It was just he, the running back ran into him, he grabbed him, he spun, he landed on the ground and then just up and then straight back down again. You just never know. That's, you know, I'll tell you what. And, you know, Matthias, you're a wrestler and you, uh, you played football. Um, you know, I don't know if you've had any major injuries. I know that uh, you've had uh, you've been known as a human pincushion, but uh, have you had any uh, major like concussion type injuries in either of your careers? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I've had uh, collected, I believe, twelve concussions in the ring. Um, some major, some minor. Um, I've also had both my knees messed up in the ring. I've dislocated both my kneecaps multiple times to the point where I need to have a double knee replacement whenever my career is over. Uh, on the football field, I kind of sustained away from the injuries. Thank the good Lord. I never, besides maybe pulling a muscle or something and having to go on the sidelines, stretch it out for a little bit. But uh, the football field is where I got kind of lucky. Uh, on the injury prone, it was just wrestling that has been uh, messing up my body. And and um, I just want to say respect to the NFL for suspending the game. After that, like with Owen Hart, when he passed away, when he fell that, that long distance, they should have stopped, the stopped the show. They should have yep. stopped the show. and But they kept on going, and they got so much backlash for that. So my hat goes out to uh, the NFL for canceling the rest of the game and letting people go home and just, you know, watch out for DeMar and stuff like that. So, But like I said, wrestling was – the only time, the only major injuries I've gotten, I've sustained off the football field. But if I ever lace up the pads again and put on the helmet and stuff, you never know what could happen. So, well, you know, I myself have never had any major injuries, uh, but uh, I never really had any health issues either, except for uh, I can say, and I hate to admit this, and I wish I didn't have to admit it, but uh, I had two heart attacks in a matter of two and a half weeks. And uh, of course, was that before going to the bathroom or after? Uh, that was uh, before, actually. <laughs> uh, and 
four uh, and four hundred twenty pounds I was back then. Well, you remember how big I was, and I'm two twenty now, and uh, I got corrected, and everything's good. Uh, but I think we're just about ready for our first guest, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break. Uh, we will be back after we hear these messages from our sponsor, uh, probably my favorite commercial ever. And we will be back after we hear a little of our owner. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, the new pots are here. The new pots are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to enter the studio right now. He's going to tell us all about what it's like to be the greatest movie critic in the history of cinema. Ladies and gentlemen, it's cold outside. Just ask him by his name. He is Ty Burr. Hello. Hello, this is Ty Burr. You're listening to the Attitude Era of Monday Live Monday on 89.1 KENS-FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. All right. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do here, Ty. Uh, we're going to have some fun with you, and uh, we got uh, well, we got about uh, 30 minutes here with you. Uh, but okay. what we're going to do here is, first off, if you want to give us a little uh, background about yourself, and then we'll ask you, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. Then we're going to come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the tougher questions. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So, uh, what go do you ahead. Give us first? a little background, then. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, I, I got into I wrote. I was a movie critic for 20 years at the Boston Globe. I wrote for 11 years before that at Entertainment Weekly. Uh, I've been in love with movies since I was a kid, and got turned on to the Marx Brothers, uh, as you know, by my dad as a kid. Uh, and I love writing about movies. I've written two books about movies, and I love. And now I'm running a uh, email newsletter called Tiber's Watch List, which tells people what movies to watch on all the streaming channels that we subscribe to. All right, and uh, and uh, you. Uh... Uh, we actually, uh, uh, just to give, I'm starting to give a little background of our guests here. We actually uh, booked you as a guest uh, uh, about two weeks after your uh, your birthday on August 17th. I figured a great little birthday present would be to have you grace our <laughs> show after the new year. So uh, welcome. Uh, thank you. That's a nice birthday present. I'm belated, but I appreciate it. So I guess my first question to you is being a movie critic, how many people in Hollywood uh, don't like you? <laughs> you know, they tolerate <laughs> me. They tolerate me, you know, because I, I, I can be good for business. I once had a movie distributor, I, I gave a review, I gave four and a half, uh, three and a half stars. We gave, you know, one to four stars. And I had the, the distributor executive call me back and write me an email and say, uh, you know, you couldn't have squeezed one more half star out of your pen because as far as he's concerned, Four stars he can put on the poster, three and a half stars he can't. Um, 
you know, they when when we like their movies, they love us. When we don't like their movies, we it, it, there are certain there's a lot of movies that it doesn't matter what the critics say. You know, if it's you know Transformers, the critics hate those movies. It doesn't matter. They make a ton of money. Um, but and so what? You know, I'm, I'm what I like doing is leading people to movies that they might not have heard of, that the ones that aren't getting you know a $50 million marketing budget that aren't everywhere in the multiplexes. Some of those can be great, and I love talking about them when they are good, um, but I also like leading people to things they might not have known. And uh, one other thing that I thought was cool is uh, you used to work for HBO, did you not, back in uh, uh, 82 to 87? That's because you, you've got my resume in front of me in front of you, don't you? Um, I did. I had a job that was called Film Evaluator. I was basically an in-house movie critic. Um, I would, you know, they'd, uh, the movie studios would send, there were like six of us. They would send us, um, you know, uh, videotapes at that point. They were three-quarter inch tapes. I don't know if you remember those. Um, sure. Of their movies, or we'd, we'd screen them, and we'd write up basically in-house reports saying, you know, buy this movie, don't buy this movie, schedule it here, promote it this way. Um, and I ended up, and I'll tell you a little secret, um, uh, just between you and me and, and your many, many listeners, I ended up because uh, I was kind of a new kid, and I ended up being the, the Skinamax guy. That was kind of one of my areas of expertise. Um, remember, you know, movies like Hots um, and, you know, Emmanuel. Great, great cinema classic, by the way. I own, I own the Deluxe of DV on Blu-ray. I wouldn't be surprised. I've had men in their 30s thank me for making their adolescence possible by some of the movies that I put out there. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions about uh, HBO, and then we'll do a roundtable. We're going to come back there. I'm going to ask you the tougher stuff. But uh, I don't know if you were there for HBO for these things I'm going to name, but I'll tell you what. My favorite things about HBO were uh, a series called Brain Games. Do you remember that? Were you there for I that? I do. I do indeed. Yes. Um, and uh, Fraggle Rock. <laughs> yep, I was there for Fraggle Rock. Yep. So this is, and, uh, I don't know whether we're talking about your childhood here or your adolescence or your uh, or your your kid's childhood. I don't know how old you are, but yeah, no, Fraggle Rock is. Uh, you remember Max Headroom? I was around for that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Max Headroom, uh, and uh, yep. probably my two other two favorite things about. Uh, 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 HBO. Uh, I actually had to sneak up and watch it when I was a kid after my parents went to bed, but because uh, that was the only one that had cable, it was a TV in the living room. Was uh, mm-hmm. the uh, series Hitchhiker? Yes. And uh, yes. first and ten. Oh yeah, great show, great show. Um, um, yeah, that and, was. You know, I, I would, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm proud to say I have every episode of First and Ten on deluxe edition DVD as well. Oh. That's a, that's a rarity. Good. Hold on to that. Um, yeah, I was there. Like you know, I was there when when they were just starting to do original programming. When I got there, I started HBO in 1982. It was basically movies and boxing, and that was it. And by the time I left seven years later, they were doing a lot of original programming. They'd started do, you know um, making movies. Um, I used to work on the same floor with the sports section of HBO, and when the the uh, executive the who was in charge of yeah no 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 they're, 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 no boxing this is when they had like Marvin Hagler on um, and when the executive who was the, the the executive who was in charge of dealing with Don King 
would put them on speakerphone, you could hear them the entire floor. You could hear them from one end of the floor to the other end of the floor. That's how loud that guy was. That's awesome. Uh, we have a Ty Burris, I guess, here on 89.1 Kens FM. we got about uh, 24 minutes here. Uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, tapes. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to our uh, our next uh, co-host, uh, it's Granny Hulkster, and uh, she remembers uh, when uh, things used to come on uh, uh, plastic cylinders. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Granny, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead, Ty Burr, go ahead. Well, welcome to the show, and I'm only, you Thank know, you. and yes, I am 60 years old, and I'm proud of my age. I'm not ashamed of talking about my age, but, you know, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, what is your... Oh, let's see, how do I want to word this? What's been your most interesting time, you know, that you being a movie critic, what has been some of your biggest challenges or your most memorable time of doing what you do? And you can't well, say the show because that would be too easy. Yeah, okay. Well, then, then second to that um, would be uh, some of the people I've talked to over the years have been, uh, a great deal of fun, you know, because not only do, am I, you know, reviewing movies, but uh, I've done interviews with a lot of um, uh, directors and actors. Um, and, you know, I inter- have interviewed Tim Burton, who's a lovely, lovely person, and um, some, of the, some, of the, some of the actors, of uh, Elijah Wood, when he was uh, a younger kid. I've talked to a lot of people over the years. And one of the dirty little secrets of this, and you probably know this because you interview so many people, is that these people are really generally – generally speaking, nice people um, who just want to have their work seen. I, had a, I remember I had a long talk with Ben Affleck when Argo was coming out, and um, he just wanted to – he just wanted people to see this movie that he'd poured so much of himself into. And this is a guy who's taken a lot of knocks from the press, you know, deserved or not, that's up to you. Uh, but he, you know, he was – so eloquent talking about this movie that he'd really, you know, put a lot of himself into. So that's, that's nice when you get to meet these people and they're just people, they're just people doing their job. Um, you know, and every now and then you run into somebody who's got a big head, but it's, it's rarer than you might think. Um, the other challenge is when actually, you know, it's the easiest thing to write a review about a movie you love. It's the easiest thing to do to write a movie, about, write a review about a movie you hate. Um, and I could tell you, when I watched Cats, the claws came out, you know, um, just because that movie needed to be put down like the stray animal it was. Um, but writing a, writing a movie that you just kind of feel, writing a review of a movie you just kind of feel meh about, um, that's hard. Uh, you got to fill some space there. You got to tell, tell people why they might want to see it if they were into the particular genre, uh, you know, that it's about or why they might want to steer clear of it. Um, you know, that, that's when you kind of earn your ducats. That's awesome. Uh, now, uh, uh, and then uh, uh, now I'm going to uh, talk to you about uh, a little um, a role that uh, me and uh, um, Matthias have been asked to be in. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'm going to introduce you to the modern nightmare Matthias first. And then I'm going to play a little right. treat for you and tell me if you recognize the song and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll buddy you up to give us a good review on the movie that we're going to be in, and then I'm going to ask you the, the, the tougher questions. So what do you got, Matthias? Go ahead. Okay. 
Well, first off, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my part no of ego. the program. None at all. Um, I guess my main question to you, being a film critic and all, was there a film that you watched and you gave a review on and you wrote one has there been one that you've watched on a review on and either felt like you did the movie dirty and wanted to redo the redo it or <laughs> has there one that you has there one that you've done but then taken a watch back at the film that you did a review on and then you felt like, Oh, maybe I could and then maybe you felt a little different and wrote a different review, anything like that? Um, rarely have I written a second review, and that that rarely happens. Although there is a famous case of it, you know the movie Bonnie and Clyde, you know the oh, yeah. classic one with Warren Beatty. Um, so when that came out, a lot of the old guard critics hated it. They thought it was too violent. Um, and there was a guy named uh, Joe Morgenstern who actually is still writing for the Wall Street Journal. Um, I know Joe; he's a sweet guy. But uh, he he panned the movie Bonnie and Clyde when it first came out, uh, gave it a lousy review. And then his wife said, uh, you know, I want to I want to go see the movie. So he went to see it a second time, saw it in a, in, a, in a theater with an audience and came out and said to her, you know what? I think I got this one wrong. And he actually wrote a second review where he recanted. He took back the first review. That's rare. I will say that one of the hardest things to do is they screen a movie and then the deadline is I have to turn, you know, sit down literally right after watching the movie and bang out the review because it needs to run in the paper that day. That doesn't happen very often. They usually show it to us, you know, a week or two ahead of time. But every now and then it happens. So I don't know if you remember this very, very strange Jennifer Lawrence movie called Mother. Um, yep. I don't know if you – it was about five years ago. Um, yep. And I saw that at a I, – I was screening it, had to turn around the review, did not get the movie, did not get what the movie was about, did not get that it was actually sort of like a um, – a, a uh, Garden of Eden allegory that there was whole sorts of like like biblical metaphors going on in there. Totally missed the boat and wrote a wrote a review that was did not did not deal with the movie it should have, the way it should have. So yeah, I did go back and write something that said, you know what I missed the boat on what this movie was about. I still don't think it's a great movie, but at least I understand now where it's coming from. Um, so, you know, you just try and be honest with yourself and try and be honest with, with your reader. Yep. Uh, Ty Burr is our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. we got about uh, 19 minutes here with Ty. Now, uh, for those of you who listen to our uh, radio show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Edit Fair, Monday Live Monday, you like that, go to 89.1 Kens FM page, like that, do a $10 month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autographed picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, Ty, uh, I don't know if you've ever asked this, but would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? Sure, absolutely. All right. Now, I'm going to play something for you, Ty. I'm going to see if you were uh, if you recognize the theme song, and you can tell me if you were around for that. I'm going to play it. Hopefully it'll play, and then we'll see what happens, okay? Give me one second. Okay. See if you recognize this. Bum, 
That was my childhood uh, diet. <laughs> I recognize it. I can't put a name on it. I'm, I was literally singing along with it, and I'm drawing a blank. So it's it almost sounds like a John Williams score from one of the Star Wars things, but not quite. And there's almost a little bit of N.A.O. Morricone spaghetti western in there, too. So you're going to have to help me out here. Well, that was actually what uh, HBO used to play uh, before they used to have a featured movie. The HBO symbol would fly through the sky. And then... Oh! Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. Okay. And then you'd hear this you'd hear this tagline. This featured film is for mature audiences only. HBO will only play this movie only at night. At night. Yep. That I remember. And whenever so now I, their logo yeah. Now their logo is just static. It's like you know, that's that's <laughs> yeah. how they not not quite as melodic. Right. So that that's that's uh, that's kinda cool. I kinda figured you might uh, you might recognize that. Um I did, but, uh, I did. I, I, I recognized it on an almost molecular level, but I couldn't put a name to it. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was, uh, was kind of cool. And uh, so, anyway, we have Ty Burr as our guest here. We got, uh, well, we got about uh, 16 minutes here with the man. So I'm going to ask you uh, a couple uh, interesting questions. Now, being a film critic, would you say that, um, uh, you know, uh, you – you you don't have very many friends, and I know I asked about the question about how many don't like you, but uh, do you have a lot of? Would you say that you don't have very many friends in Hollywood because uh, the of the influence factor? <laughs> um, you know what? There isn't a whole lot of influence, as I said. You know, I, I, I am me, and anybody else who does what I do, we are not going to affect the box office at all for a. Fast and Furious movie, for a Star Wars movie, for any of the, for a Marvel movie. That's, you know, we'll give our opinion. Hopefully we'll, you know, add some context. You got to understand, when I write a review, it's not just about this stinks or this is good. It's about giving the reader some stuff to think about, some, some context, some background. So, you know, that it's giving them information. Um, I always think of it, a review as a bunch of um, a subjective opinion wrapped in objective context. Um, so the information is often the most important part of the review, um, except if it's a review of cats when it's just about beating up on a terrible movie. Um, so do I have friends in Hollywood? Actually, yeah, I do have friends in Hollywood. I have uh, one of my closest friends is a, is a TV director. Um, I got, you know, I, I, another guy uh, I went to school with is actually runs an animation company. Um, um, and the people, more to the point, the people who release the movies and, you know, hopefully get good reviews from people like me, they understand that not everybody who goes to the movies reads reviews, but the people who do read reviews take them seriously. And, and um, what it means is it's less important for the big studio blockbusters uh, unless everybody piles on them. And when that does happen, yeah, that can affect the box office. Um, Cats being a perfect example that you know nobody liked that movie and it died a quick death in theaters. Um, but when you're looking at the smaller movies, the movies that you know play in the independent theaters, um, for you know an, an audience that's looking for a little bit different, uh, something a little bit different, yeah, movie critics can absolutely make or break or affect the box office, um, you know, within their area. So you know, I wrote for the Boston Globe for 20 years. 
if I really gave a terrible review to a movie that would really would appeal to people who are the kind of people who read reviews on a regular basis. Yeah, that might have some effect on the box office. Um, and like I said, I could get some tart emails from um, some of the executives at the, at the film companies. But by and large, it, it's kind of a quid pro quo. They understand what we have to do. Well, I understand what they have to do. Every now and then somebody asks me, oh, do they, you know, do they try and pay you off? No, that's never happened. I've never heard of it happening. Um, it's actually, you know, pretty uh, on the up and up. So I guess what basically what's going to happen is, uh, you know, um, Matthias and I uh, had uh, a director on um, as a guest a couple weeks ago, uh, Rod Smith, and uh, he's doing a trilogy uh-huh. called The Legacy. Uh-huh. And uh, he's going to have uh, both Matthias and I and uh, another uh, individual uh, friend of mine as in the movie. And uh, oh, we want to butter you up. We want to butter you up now, so you can <laughs> give us the best reviews ever. And then when just before it comes out, uh, we'll have you back on with uh, us and the director. And then we'll uh, we'll we'll. Uh, I don't know, what, what do you like? you prefer ham or turkey or a bottle of Chardonnay or whatever? But we'll, we'll get everything taken care of so we get a good review uh, for my uh, film, screen, uh, uh, film uh, debut, uh, me at both Matthias and myself. Oh, yeah. Well, I drive a hard bargain. Remember what I said earlier about they never you know, try and buy us off? Well, in your case, I'll make an exception. Um, and I will, yeah, you know, get me some, um, some ring dings. Uh, and a bottle of cream soda, and uh, you, you can pretty much have my review. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Matthias, I'll take care of the cream soda. You take care of the ring dings. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess basically, I mean, he gave us permission to kind of talk a little bit. We can't go into the weeds too much, but basically uh, I, I guess the thing is I'll, uh, they want me to play the part of the serial killer. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I guess I uh, – you know, I have the face for that, so I'm going to give it my best shot. And then, uh, with your help, uh, you know, you can uh, uh, you can get us uh, up there to uh, to the next level. Speaking of uh, other movie critics, uh, I don't. I'm sure you've met a uh, you met a lot. Uh, like, uh, of course, comes to mind Leonard Maltin, Siskel and Ebert, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure in your line of work, you've had a chance to meet them, or maybe not. Oh, yeah. No, um, you know, I've met Leonard Moulton a couple of times. Um, uh, Roger, I never uh, – I actually did meet him a couple of times in person, but we corresponded through email all the time. Gene Siskel, unfortunately, passed away before I you know, ever got a chance to meet him. Um, but um, – and they're like a half generation older than me, all those guys. Uh, but all the people that are out there doing it now, um, yeah, they're, they're my colleagues. I've seen them at film festivals. Um, so what's the name of this movie that you guys are in? Uh, well, the uh, it's a three-part series. It's called The Legacy. As a matter of fact, I just texted you a picture of the movie poster that came out. And, uh, oh. uh, yeah, The le- uh, the Legacy, uh, currently, I believe, I guess you can get it, um, uh, you can find it on Apple TV, you can find it on, um, um, uh, well, I should know this because I'm going to be working for the guy. <laughs> Uh, it's just hard to talk and uh, type at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's available <laughs> on uh, uh, Momentu. Uh, it's available on Popsy. It's on Prime Video, Flex West, uh, Venmo On Demand. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so everybody check it out. And uh, that's part three. And uh, I'm going to be in part one and hopefully part two, you know. 
Are you are you Vincent the serial torturer? Uh, well, let's see. If I recall, uh, Matthias, you're, you're going to play the cop, right? Yep, that's the plan. Do <laughs> you still have the email over there? Uh, I might be able to find it again. I haven't. Uh, I uh, folded up and sent it home with me. I didn't actually. I don't know if I have it on my phone or not. Well, okay. So, well, it, basically, what it, uh, the email that we got, we, uh, you know, we uh, framed. Well, I framed it and I put it up on the wall so everybody could see it <laughs> work. But, uh, you know, when you uh, when you go out and review a movie, and you know, uh, McFly's kind of touched on it a little bit, but you think it's going to be like just a disaster. And uh, you, you know, you, you got to tell people what you feel. You can't really sugarcoat anything. But uh, when you do that, um, after you give a review and you give your honest opinion, uh, do you uh, ever feel that, um, you know, uh, it's like I, I know some of the people in this movie, and they're like, I don't really want to give a bad review, but I have to give my honest opinion. That is um, – this is one reason, actually, that when you work for, like, a big newspaper like the Boston Globe, um, when you're, you write the feature article where you interview the actors or the stars, you don't write the review and vice versa. Because when you meet people and you get to know them, you know, you want them to like you. It's human nature. And, yeah, that does affect how you write the review. Um, I, there have been times where I have – not written a review, you know, passed on, let somebody else write the review because I know some of the people involved in it. Um, and it just, you know, I, I, you don't want to cross the streams, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's something, it's something you keep in mind. And, you know, and it's easy and sometimes fun to just, like, beat up on a movie, but um, it, it, sometimes it's too easy. And you've got to remember that everybody made, you know, worked on that movie they have mothers, and the mothers read the reviews, and, you know, it's only so mean that you can get uh, before it's just, yeah, and it's just, then it's just about serving yourself and not the movie or the reader. And how far in advance do you usually get to see a movie to review it before it comes out? Um, generally, it, it depends. Um, it can be, like, a, a week ahead of time, two weeks ahead of time. Sometimes I'll go to a, a, a festival like Sundance, and later this month I'm going to be flying out to Park City, Utah, and going to the Sundance Film Festival. And the movies I see there, they won't be coming out um, until, you know, the summer sometimes or maybe even later in the year. So I'll get a first look at them, but then, uh, you know, closer to the release, I'll take another look. Generally speaking, I only see it once. But um, in a case like that, yeah, you got to see it a second time closer to, so you just, you know, experience it um, fresh before you write the review. But generally speaking, yeah, they, we, we see them about a week or two ahead of time, which is good. It gives you, you have, a couple you, of days to let your thoughts settle. Do you ever go to the Cannes Film Festival? I've been there once. It was a madhouse. It's the only time I've ever, like, lost weight at a film festival because you're just <laughs> running while the food's really good. But, but you're just running around like a maniac. Now, I, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, uh, being uh, working for the Boston Globe. I mean, you're there for, you know, two decades. And uh, I just kind of I just kind of picture uh, like uh, uh, being working for the Boston Globe. Are you like on the top floor, the minimum floor? Are you in the basement? And like, uh, you know, people like walk by your desk and there's like all these movie posters. And then you got stacks of DVDs and tapes up that you got to review. Take us through what it's like working for the Boston Globe and what your desk was like. Well, for most of my time there, we were um, 
in a big building sort of on the outskirts of town. I don't know how well you know Boston, but we're out in Dorchester in a big building, that half of which had the actual printing presses. Uh, you know, with big windows, you could watch the paper being printed out. Um, and if you see a movie, if you ever see the movie Spotlight, remember the movie that won the Best Picture, uh, you know, yep. uh, Oscar a couple of years ago? They shot part of that. At that. If you want to know what my office looked like, go see that movie because that's what it looked like. Um, but, <laughs> no, the arts department, the arts section was squirreled way, way in the back and uh, behind the sports section. Uh, we had no windows. Yes, we had piles of DVDs on our desk. Yes, we had movie posters on the wall. But we used to joke that we weren't anywhere near any windows. Um, we used to joke that once a year on the solstice, a beam of sunlight would come through the sports section, land in the art section, and then we'd all dance around it. Uh, Ty uh, Burzog, yes, yeah. uh, yes, here. We've got about uh, four minutes with Ty. I wish it were uh, four more years, but so we can do it before we run out of time. If our fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a uh, TikTok, an I Hate AJ, or a uh, Ty Burns website? What do you got? I have a Substack newsletter. It's tyberswatchlist.substack.com. That's tyberswatchlist, one word, .substack.com. You go there, it's free. You get a, you sign up there um, two or three times a week. You get an email from me saying, here's something good in the theater. Here's something good on demand. Here's a good TV series. Just helping you figure out what's out there. Um, and if you want to pay for a subscription, you get some extra stuff. Um, so that's, that's, that's my publishing model these days. And I actually, for the first time in my career, I, I, own, I own what I write. Boston Globe doesn't own it. Entertainment Weekly doesn't own it. So that's a nice change. So kind of like that, uh, that one song by uh... – um, the rhinestone cowboy, Glenn Campbell, uh, now, now he's getting 99% instead of two. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> like a rhinestone cowboy. That's the, me and Glenn. Uh, what a great singer that guy was. Oh yeah. I, 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 I miss him. Uh, he was always one of my favorites. Uh, Ty Burr's our guest here. We got, uh, well, we got about the three minutes here left with Ty. So, um, looking into, uh, and I, I, Looking into 2023 here, what mm-hmm. is there one movie like you're really looking besides mine and Matthias's? But is there any movie that you're really looking <laughs> forward to seeing uh, that you've been waiting for or looking forward to reviewing? You know, there's a there's a, a handful of things. I was actually looking at the list of things that are coming out. I was putting together sort of a list of everything that's coming out 2023. I gotta say, I'm looking forward to the next Indiana Jones movie. I didn't think Harrison Ford would ever want to do this again, but by God, he's going to do it again. Um, I, I think he's got to be decades older than Sean Connery was when Sean Connery played his dad in the, you know, in the, in the other Indiana Jones movie. Um, I'm looking forward to um, uh, there's a new Martin Scorsese movie, The Flowers uh, uh, called The Flowers of the Moon with Leonardo DiCaprio that I'm looking forward to. Um, do you remember Spider-Man um, Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie? That was a lot yep. of fun. Um, there's a sequel to that. I'm looking forward to that. There's a movie coming out. I think when is it coming out? It's coming out in February called Cocaine Bear. Have you heard about this one? I ha- I've seen the poster. I wanna actually, I'm actually going to check it out to see what's going on there. Yeah. Based on a true story, apparently, of a, an actual bear that hoovered up a bunch of cocaine in the woods and went on a rampage, and I think they've spun that out into sort of a Jaws scenario. And, and needless to say, they're not playing it entirely straight, but um, nor is the bear for that matter. Uh, but I'm, it, it sounds absolutely silly, and so I'm kind of looking forward to that. 
You know, it, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford will be turning 81 years old on July wow. 13th. 81, and he's still going. Yep. You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, I will say this about Harrison Ford. Uh, he's one of the guys that I hope never retires because I like him. Uh, on the other hand, um, Clint Eastwood, they should take the keys away from the door to the studio to him because uh, lately his movies have just been bad. Would you agree? They are, you know, what he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's earned the right to make whatever he wants. I don't have to see it. He wants to make it, fine, let him ride off into the sunset. But I would agree that the last few have been, you know, not all that strong. Um, but when you consider some of the stuff that he's done over the years, you know, come on, let him have his retirement. Right, exactly. So uh, we got uh, A.J. Benza here, and uh, we're waiting for our next guest call, so we're going to have you stick with us on our next guest calls. But uh, I'll tell you what, you, I mean, uh, Ty, you have just been so awesome and I, I just, uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, uh, your um, uh, your publicity individual, uh, Lisa, uh, hooked us up with you because uh, you have just been awesome. And I do apologize for the, um, well, I guess for the two in the morning uh, uh, text <laughs> messages. But, uh, you know, uh, time zones have never been my strong suit. I know you're an hour ahead of us, but... Uh, um, I, we we just uh, we just appreciate you and love you for everything that you do and you're awesome. Uh, it's all good, man. Happy to be on here. It's a lot of fun. And uh, do you think you'd be willing to come back on with us again? Uh, you know. Sure. Sure, awesome. sure, sure. Yeah. All right, and then what I'll do is uh, if you can uh, do the autograph thing too, I'll send you a um, I'll send you a um, uh, the email or the email address. I'll send you the mailing address where to send everything. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're just waiting for our, our next guest. We have uh, uh, Deborah Perkins call, coming in uh, next. Uh, we're just waiting for her to call. But uh, let, let me ask you this. When you decided to become a film critic, uh, you know, I'm sure you didn't know how it was going to go. What was your major uh, drawback before you decided to start doing um <laughs> I, I will tell you, you know, so I, I, I did go to college and I was a film studies major. And I will tell you that my 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 mother was very concerned that I would not be able to make a living at that. And to my surprise and hers, um, I ended up managing to get a job. But, I, you know, I will say that, you know, I, I got out of school and I bounced around New York for a couple of years and then lucked into that job at HBO because they were looking for somebody that had movie knowledge to like, you know, look at the films they were being sent and look at their yeah, research right. numbers okay. and stuff. Um, so, you know, you just, as with anything, if you know a subject, you figure out a way to turn it into something that's going to pay the rent. Um, and I just lucked into that because I love movies so much. I wanted to know more about them, you know, and, uh, and, that's uh, and and I like I like writing about them. I you know some people ask if you ever wanted to make movies. I never wanted to make movies. I like writing about them and talking to people about them and sharing the good news about good stuff. That's why I do it. That's awesome. And uh, you know, like I say, you know, you're going to be uh, you're going to be 21 uh, on August 17th, and uh, you know you're just <laughs> a great guy and an awesome guy. And uh, you know. When you uh, decided to um, when you when you left HBO and went to uh, the Boston Globe, uh, what was the what was the biggest uh, eye opener when you went from uh, a television cable network to a major uh, newspaper? 
Well, actually, I went from HBO to Entertainment Weekly, um, which had just started up. I, mean, I don't know if you remember that magazine. It's still around, but it's mostly Oh, I still have it, yep. Now. Yep. Um, and uh, that was going into a, a magazine that was had a lot writing on it and that a lot of people thought was going to fall on its face. And I had a lot of young writers. I was part of a crew of young writers who um, have – there are, a lot of them are still around and still working and have sort of risen up in various places. It was like it was like a, it was like a you know a high school class graduating class of really fun young writers who um, and that that to me was when I was at HBO I wanted to write my own stuff I was looking at everybody else's stuff and all of a sudden here I was in this pool with other people that were doing the same thing we were having a blast where um, that that magazine when it was first coming out in, in the early 90s, was really doing things differently. It was dedicated to covering all the whole uh, landscape of entertainment um, with, a, with a tone that was really irreverent and fun. It's a fun place to work. And as much as I enjoyed HBO, Entertainment Weekly was fun in a way that I really hadn't expected a job to be. Well, I'll tell you what, Ty, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. I'll be in contact with you. You are so awesome, and uh, uh, we can't wait to have you on again. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. I'm uh, looking forward uh, to those ring, ding, ring dings and cream soda. I appreciate it, man. We'll get you. We'll get you. We'll, sell, we'll buy it. We'll, we'll get it to you by the gross. How's that sound? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Take care. All right. All right, Ty Burr, ladies and gentlemen, that was interesting. Uh, we got to take a quick little commercial break. Uh, we have our next guest, Wayne Wings. We'll get to them after this commercial break, right after this. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, our next guest is about to arrive. Ladies and gentlemen, she is the lovely Deborah Cheney Perkins. Hi, everybody. Uh, How are you? I'm great. Did you want me to do the little thing? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Hey, this is Debbie Perkins. You're listening to the Attitude Air Monday, live Monday, on 90... I'm sorry, I messed that all up. You want me to start over? Go ahead, that's fine. Okay, one more time. Hey, this is Debbie Perkins. You're listening to the Attitude Era. Monday, live Monday, on 89.1 Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Math Assist. I'm going to get that wrong. I'm so sorry. I hope not. Oh, it's all right. Well, 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 it's, it's Matthias. Well, 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 we'll introduce him in a little bit, but... Uh, we have uh, Debbie Perkins. Uh, it's okay. We have Debbie Perkins our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kent FM. We've got about uh, 25 minutes here, maybe a little longer. But uh, here's what we're going to do, uh, uh, Debbie. If you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, and then I'll ask you a few questions. We'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. 
Okay. Um, Debbie Perkins. I live in Maine. I started out with uh, doing some paranormal research uh, in 2000, and that led me into doing a little bit of television. And then I decided with another person to start up a radio show, which called was called USA Paranormal Radio. And we started that in 2009. And uh, the girl decided she didn't want to be part of it, so I continued to do it. And uh, in 2013, uh, I had already been producing my show plus three others. And then uh, I got a guest on that didn't want the paranormal tech to her name, and she was an actress. So I decided, hey, I'm going to do a show specifically just for actors, directors, producers, musicians, etc. And so I created Hollywood Red Carpet Radio in 2013, and I'm still doing that today. I've won a few awards. I'm the only woman in the state of Maine that's won a podcast award, and I've won like three. Uh, but I've been very honored, blessed, and so happy to meet you guys and everybody out there. So that's my little that's my little thing. That's awesome. And uh, we have uh, Debbie uh, Debbie Perkins is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kins FM. And you know, one thing I, I do want to ask you about uh, Debbie, and uh, you know, since uh, we we started out as a podcast and we uh, are now on eighty nine point one Kins FM, uh, what did you have to do to win the podcast award? That's a good question. <laughs> um, actually, originally when I started the USA Paranormal Radio, I was on another network, and I, I was streaming through these different networks. And so I actually won the first two on a network uh, for the people I, I actually interviewed. And then this past year, for the, the Hollywood Red Carpet, the last couple of years, I got in a couple of magazines, and somehow I ended up being popular, and I I thought I was doing a good thing for everybody, you know, just letting them have, have their voice and giving them a place to talk about their lives. And it, somehow I ended up being on the top of a 2,000 list, 2 million list. I had no idea that was even happening. So it, it's kind of rolled itself the way it is. You know, it's, I'm doing nothing special. I'm just doing me, doing the show, and... Uh, it's just happening all by itself. I, I don't understand. But I'm happy. Um, it's been kind of nice that people enjoy what we do. That is awesome. And uh, uh, Deborah Perkins, our guest here on 89.1 Kins FM. Uh, we're going to do, before uh, we come back to me and ask the tougher questions, we'll kind of do a little roundtable here, then we'll come back to me. Uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, uh, Deborah Perkins? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. So it sounds like you are absolutely very talented in everything that you've done. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Um, what has been your most interesting guest that you've had on your podcast, and who was it? Okay. I haven't been on your show um, yet. As we do oh, live. And, and then, now, that's, you will. But we do a live show, and then we do a podcast the next day. So so whatever happens, happens. You know how that is with live radio. <laughs> so uh, let me see. The most interesting guest. Um, probably, uh, I got so many people. Um, well, I got Shally Saran coming on. She'll be interesting. That's not till February. But let me think. 
Lee Onsberg from Pirates of the Caribbean. He's pretty interesting. Uh, Robert Lasardo, who was in The Mule with Clint Eastwood, he was pretty interesting. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier to your to one of your hosts. Um, I had a, some of Philo Barnhart, who uh, is the creator of Animaniacs. Uh, his mother was in Disney uh, working as an animator, and he actually went from Hanna-Barbera to back and forth between the two. Um, geez, Charles Morissette created The Little Mermaid. He was very interesting. Um, Leon Hendricks was Jimi Hendricks' only sibling. He was really cool. Um, trying to think. I had so many people. I've been doing it 13 years, uh, Hollywood Red Carpet, so I just got oodles and oodles. Uh, Billy Huffsey from the old show called Fame, uh, he had a rags to riches story, which was quite interesting. Um, geez. I've had Clayton Prince from uh, the Cosby. So I've, I, I just, you know, very, very interesting people, all of them. Awesome. I, I, I love everybody. You know, their stories are great. Awesome. And thank you for that. Uh, Deborah- uh, Deborah Perkins, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's Ed, and we got uh, 19 minutes. Now, I'm going to introduce you to an, in- an interesting individual, the modern nightmare. And I know that uh, you do a lot of stuff with uh, paranormal activity, so he would fit in perfectly there. Uh, so, Nightmare, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, hey, Matthias here. Uh, Matthias, we got to do one quick thing here, and then we'll be right back to your question, all right? You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, go ahead, uh, Matthias. Sorry about that. Well, no, no problem. I mean, it always seems to happen when I'm going to be talking, so I don't know <laughs> if I'm being targeted or not here. But um, my main question to you would be, like, back when I was in college, um, we had a radio class where we had to do our own, like, two-hour to two-and-a-half-hour, as long as we wanted, radio show. And you could either choose to do yours pre-recorded and put it on to be put on the radio later on, or you could do a live show. Um, a lot of kids that I worked with, they like to do theirs pre-recorded early so they can just um, record it. If they made any mistakes, they can edit those and then um, put them on for their shows. Whereas me, I prefer to do mine always live because I, I just felt it was easier for me to just do it live and wing it and stuff like that. Uh, what do you prefer? Would you rather pre-record yours ahead of time and where you can edit it and send it off where you think it's absolutely perfect, or would you rather do yours 100% live all the time and be able to, you know, wing it and stuff like that? Live. <laughs> I've always done it live. I think I'd be confused if I had to go backwards. Um, I've always done live, and I like it because it's raw. You don't know what's going to happen. And you're, you are always prepared for the unexpected. Okay. Uh, we have uh, de- um, uh, we have uh, Debbie Cheney as our guest here. I'm on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, the one cool thing, though, uh, you know, you mentioned all the different guests uh, that you've had on the show. And, uh, you know, not that I'm bragging here, but uh, 
you know, when we were just a podcast, it was tough for us to get guests. And now they're, like, coming out of the woodwork, want to be on the show because they've heard about us, not that I'm bragging. But uh, is there been somebody that uh, you really wanted to get on your show but just keeps flat-out refusing? No, I move on. <laughs> I don't waste time on people that are busy. I, if they if they can't come on or, or they just want a later date, that's different. But if they're just not interested, I move on. There's so many people out there that want to tell their story, want to advertise their business and their and their selves. You know, since most of them are actors or you know producers doing movies, um, for the most part, I don't have a problem with guests and like like you and and all of us that are in radio. Sometimes we get great connections and people hook us up. So no, so, so. Uh, you know, to be honest with you. Um, I, I actually used to take a different approach. I actually used to take it personally uh, when someone wouldn't, be, want to, wouldn't want to be on the show. Um, and maybe I guess I shouldn't have, huh? Nah. No, because there's so many people out there. And, there, and you know, you may be, it may be just divine uh, intervention because you may get the right person on for that night. It might have been the wrong person at the time, but somehow, you know... I've had a cancellations where I've had to get somebody at the last minute, and uh, it just was a better show, and I, I, I knew it, and I was so happy about it because, you know, you just don't know what will happen during the show. So it's what? I, I don't, don't ever take it personally. Well, you know, in my experience, you know, I mean, you know, we've had, uh, we've had guests that have had to cancel and reschedule, you know, for uh, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, time zone difference and then we do i know it's 11 o'clock where you're at and i appreciate you staying up with us uh either a time zone difference or there was a death in the family or uh you know um they had a flight issue i mean stuff like that happens but uh you know when someone just cancels out because they say well i just decided i don't want to do your show and then they cancel like 20 minutes before i mean you know it's kind of hard i mean I've been able to do it, but it's always kind of hard, though, to get somebody to get on the show last minute. I've been very lucky. Um, I've I've actually bounced off a few um, actors, and they have always given me the opportunity, like, if I needed a spare, <laughs> they'll come on. Um, and it's funny because I already know their stories by then, but you know what? Sometimes you never know who's listening. So the audience can always change. So and, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a win-win. It makes for great friends, too. You know, and I'm hoping in uh, 2023, hopefully it won't happen, but uh, uh, hopefully uh, you'll be willing to come back on with us again. I mean, don't go yet. we got we got uh, 13 minutes here left with you. But, uh, you know, if we ever need a backup, uh, maybe you'd be willing to uh, uh, fill in for us, even though it's uh, this late at night. Sure. Of course. You know, and then one thing I was going to ask you about on your show, I mean, like our show, we have three rules. One, we're not going to pay you for your appearance. Two, we're not going to record it. And three, we're not going to send you questions in advance because when you do that, you know, it, it, you know, it sounds scripted and it sounds, you know, it gives the guests a chance to prepare their answers when you send them a question in advance. Do you have any specific rules on your show that you have, that you have guests follow? I'm pretty similar, but there's been a few guests that actually did ask ahead of time for questions because they were unsure of the type of questions that I was going to ask. So it was more based on 
please don't ask me about my family, please don't ask me about my love life, but I don't. I stick with the script of what I do, which is humble beginnings, what you're doing now and your future goals, endeavors. I throw a lot of fun questions in, um, and I do that just so that it stops them in the tracks and they go, I never thought of that, you know, so it's always fun to uh, do it that way, and I do not go by rules. I break my own rules, so I try not. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> well, you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the things that I hear, uh, and like I say, I admit time zones are not my strong suit. But one of the things that we uh, I hear uh, repeatedly uh, is mostly from the female guests. Would you stop calling me at two in the morning? And, uh, Who are you calling at two in the morning? <laughs> Uh, I've, I've called a few people at 2 in the morning because, uh, you know, I'm at, uh, you know, like, I'll call back to California, you know. It's like, uh, you know, 4 o'clock where I'm at, and it's like 2 there, you know. It's like, you know, time zones, the whole time zone thing, you know. I think Africa, I had a couple guests come from Africa. We had to use the, you know, it was 2 in the morning for them. Um, Europe usually is about 1 o'clock in the morning because I mean, my show is like at 8 uh, Eastern, so it would be seven for you. Um, but yeah, I've I've had uh, people come on and stay awake all night long just to be on the show, and and I don't well, expect that, but they do, so I think it's great. Well, I'll tell you what. Let us know uh, when your show airs and uh, how they can listen to it. My show is on every Wednesday night at Joshu Television Network. You can go to Joshu the website. Uh, and you can click on channel two, three. It's under Dragus Productions. We're also streaming from uh, Pyramid One out of Florida. And uh, in Australia, we're on Light Infinity Network. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm usually never in the hot seat, guys. So this is a little bit different for me. I'm usually the host, but I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, so every Wednesday night, you can't miss it. And if you want to listen to the live show. Now, if you want to listen to the uh, podcast, usually the next day or the day after that, my producer, Mark Witasik, will have it all ready, and he'll put it up on uh, a website called orgs.com. I mean, I'm sorry, archives.com. Um, Joshua Television Network has their own podcast as well, and then he'll go up on B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E. I try not to say that because it sounds wrong coming out of me, um, but that's... an another podcast upload uh, place where we put our our streaming. And I'll share that with you guys so that you can see when you come on the show, you, you'll understand how it works. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, and uh, uh, Granny and uh, Matthias, uh, we uh, we can uh, talk about this. Uh, what, what would you think, uh, Debbie, about having uh, the three of us uh, uh, on your show with you? I'd love it. Matthias, you down? Like I said, when I, when I present an opportunity, let's take it. Granny, you down? Absolutely. And it would uh, be fun. Tip, typically, how long is your show, typically? It's one hour. Uh, 56 one hour. minutes, exactly. Yep. All right. 56 minutes, exactly, right to the time we shut down. Um, we take one quick commercial, but that's for our veterans. And other than that, we uh, I talk about your lives. I talk about... Your career, mostly your career. <laughs> uh, it's up to you if you want to add in anything that's personal. Um, but for the most part, I'll just hit you guys with some fun questions. 
Well, you know, you mentioned it's only an hour uh, uh, with us. You might have to like, you might have to break it up into four parts. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. I probably will. But I, I love having repeat guests because things change in people's lives, and uh, it's always good to keep up. You know. Well, you know, I think what would be perfect is uh, you get Matthias and myself on uh, when we uh, start filming the movie that we have uh, been asked to be part of. I think that's fabulous. Uh, any I'm advice you can give us? I've been in a couple of movies myself, and uh, so much fun. So much fun. Any I'm advice you can give us? actually part of production now. I'm sorry. Advice? Um, yeah. <laughs> be yourself. Uh, okay, eat well, that's going to be kind of difficult. <laughs> Just eat a good meal, get plenty of rest before you go filming. Because the one thing I've learned about filming is when they're asking you to be on cue, you've got to be there. Um, just have this way when you have a good night's sleep, you've eaten a good meal, uh, you go there, just, don't, just be yourself and try to relax. Because the one thing the lights will do is they'll actually make you feel like you're he- overheating, um, but you'll have a as long as you have a great time, and you do what you're told. <laughs> usually, you leave there, you'll be very happy. I got a well, fun let me story. Ask, you guys... Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, 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 wait, before we do that, uh, we got uh, we got uh, Deborah Perkins, our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. We got about uh, seven minutes here with Deborah. Go ahead. Okay, I was in a movie where I was killed, and I was blood all over me, which was the fake blood. And the movie was called Sins of Man's Rise of Mars. Anyways. So I'm driving home. I didn't change my clothes because we was in a beautiful location and I wasn't going to mess up their bathroom. So I'm driving home. Uh, I've got this fake blood all through my hair, all over my clothes. I'm, there's a Jeep in front of me with two kids. I'm scaring oh, no. the life out of these kids. Oh, yes. Yes. They kept looking back. They kept saying, so I'm thinking, oh, they're going to stop and ask me if I need help. Well, instead of stopping and asking if I need help, the parents just took off. So, uh, yeah, that that was kind of interesting. So if you do get killed in the blood and you got blood all over you, drive home. See your reactions. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing. Uh, the role I've been uh, tagged at playing, I'm actually going to be the one that's going to be doing the killing. That's good. Uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm going. I'm going to be uh, cast as a serial killer, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this. Uh, you know, because it's. Um, you know, what's cool about it is it'll give me a chance to uh, show everybody that uh, I've arrived. But uh, uh, yeah, I'll be playing Simeon, the aging serial killer, and my partner over there. He's going to be playing the uh, the cop, and which is not too far out of his wheelhouse because he is a um, uh, he is a uh, I guess security right, Matthias? Yep. Awesome. So, now, let me ask you this. Now, we asked you about advice. Is there anything you suggest we should never do when we're on set? Um, depending on who the main star is, sometimes they don't want to be bothered, I guess. It's a thing where they just, they're in their zone. Um, some people say just don't bother them. But as far as, like, personally... Just be on time. Just be there when they're ready for you. Uh, learn as much as you can behind the scenes because that will make the next film that you do that much easier to understand. And plus, you never know. You might want to pick up a camera one day. You, you just never know where you'll... A lot of people in the industry wear more than one hat. So it's always well, good to you know, learn. 
You know, I, I've had I've had a lot of experience uh, behind the camera. As a matter of fact, uh, well, mostly sports, not movies. But uh, you know, uh, we do. You know, we do appreciate uh, you giving us that advice because uh, you know. The one thing is, uh, Matthias and myself, well, I can't speak for Matthias, he can uh, chime in on this, but one thing is, you know, we want to make sure that this is not just a one-and-done thing. You know, we want to make sure that we do the right stuff and not the wrong stuff so they keep hiring us uh, for other projects. Just be yourself. Would you agree? Be ourselves, yes, okay. absolutely. Just be yourself because you, your character will be meshed in with... The serial killer. So, uh, and I, so, it'll come across more natural. Well, how about like when we uh, when we're on set, uh, and uh, you know, I you know, I hate to ask you advice because you know this is an interview about you and your show, but uh, you Bye. know, uh, uh, you know, basically, uh, uh, Matthias and I'll be like uh, you know, fish out of water, basically, uh, for lack of a better term, but. Uh, when we uh, when we get on set, uh, would you suggest we uh, introduce ourselves or let people come to us? I think once you're there, they'll have somebody that will be in contact with you right off because you're a main character. Um, so they'll have a setup for you. Um, the, their their um, executive producer should connect with you. One of the producers will definitely connect with you. They're the people that will help you. Then, of course, they take, they're taking directions from the director. The director right. will then call you to set when it's time. And so just practice your lines. Remember your lines. The best thing you can do for yourself is try your best to get those lines down. Even if you have to improv a little tiny bit, try not to go too far off the script unless it's okay with the director. They'll usually let you know. That's the one thing about uh, working with directors is sometimes they're willing to, you know, slide a little on some things. But I say enjoy it. Have a great time. Be yourself and knock it out of the park. That's awesome. Uh, so, Matthias, what are you looking forward to most about this? I haven't really asked you that. Well, I mean... When it comes to stuff like this, um, one thing I like to do is be somebody I'm not for a while. You know, you get to step out of reality and you get to be in this this type of world. Like you're you're becoming like you're becoming a serial killer. I'm being a cop, and it's like you get to step out of the world for a little while and you get to distract yourself with a cool film, whatever it is, and you get to be somebody you're not. It's just like professional wrestling. When I go to an event, when I go to an event and I go to the venue, everything else in my world stops. Like I don't, I don't think about anything else going on in the world. I think about the show, and it's my stress relief. It's my everything for for the hours that I'm there. So every time I go to like an event or somewhere I'm going to, everything else in my world stops. So when I get to go and play this cop, and I get to be this cop, and I get to be in this role my world will be focused on that and I get to be somebody I'm not for a while and it'd be uh it'd be it'd be pretty cool. That's awesome. And uh I'll tell you what, um um uh, Deborah, we're uh, waiting for our, our next guest to call in. I don't know what it is. Um it must be the weather or something, but uh uh you can you hang with us till our, our guest uh our next guest calls in? Sure. All right, so now let's kind of uh, – we talked about your show and everything. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, you do a lot of stuff with uh, paranormal, 
And like I say, we'll we'll go up until our guest calls in. But uh, what is the most weirdest paranormal event that you witnessed or been a part of? Um, I was working. We were working on a case. That's probably about. Let me see. In 2011, and I was with another team, and we were working on a house that was built in 1730. It was. You wouldn't, to look at it, didn't look like an abnormal house. It just looked like a small little cute little grandparent's house or something, you know. Um, then, But there was paranormal activity that was going on according to the owner of the house. Now, she wrote a book called The uh, Paranormal House. So if you ever see that, her name was Sybil Shepherd. Look, look, up, um, look up that book and you'll be really interested in what's going on with this house. But according to it, uh, history, uh, there was some Native Americans and there was some kind of a land issue of, you know, back in 1730, that's what would have happened anyways. Um, and so the family that lived there, they had gotten attacked, hung, there was some people that were hung, there were some babies that were killed. There was a lot of tragedy that happened at this house. And then right up to current events to the, to the 70s, uh, they said some girl was playing with a Ouija board. Well, regardless if she did or not, um, still there was activity that was not good there. Uh, there was a man that supposedly lived there killing animals, all kinds of weird stuff. So this, we're doing the investigation of the house. Um, I forgot something outside, so I had to go out to my vehicle. And I was walking back into the house, and everybody was upstairs um, because they were getting ready to do a session. And that means that we're just going to sit and record and ask general questions to the spirits or whatever and see what comes through. Uh, so I'm walking in, and all of a sudden I, I'm stopped dead in my tracks, and it felt like something went through my stomach. And it's like the equivalent of going over a speed bump really fast. So I come in, I, I just ran to the bathroom, and it just made me lose my cookies. And uh, so I tried to explain it to everybody, and, and nobody understood. And then later on that night, we were out in the yard, and somebody else had that happen. So after developing a lot of the film, uh, there was a lot of weird, unusual energies. And I will send these pictures to you guys so that you can talk about it on a different time. Um, you're going to see Native Americans in these pictures. You're going to see a man. You're going to see a couple of men. Uh, you're going to see animals and a motorcycle. And the motorcycle, nobody, we didn't, I, I'm thinking, why would there be an apparition of a motorcycle? What's that all about? Like, that doesn't even make sense. It's, it's an artifact. Well, a man, uh, apparently five years before we were investigating, had come around the corner, and this way the house was set up, there was a real shop corner. They, you know the shop corners they call like a dead end serve. A dead man's turn or whatever. Well, the guy dumped his bike and got killed. And so that was like an added thing. But I'll send you guys pictures. You can check them out. Some pretty interesting okay. things. Yeah, uh, well, Icon's trying to get a hold of somebody right now, so I'll be talking to you for just a few minutes. But, yeah, I was um, – I've actually experienced my first thing with, um, with paranormal activity. I was uh, doing a live um, – I was doing a live uh, news show, news program, 
uh, for WDAY here in Fargo, and we were at this place called Bonanzaville, who that was known to be, you know, haunted by spirits and stuff like that. And um, we were standing in a room, and all of a sudden, uh, we were. I looked behind my co-host, and the chimes and stuff behind her started moving. Like there was no airflow in that room, but all of a sudden those started to flow. And all of a sudden when that stopped, I felt something over my shoulder and I pointed uh, one of our devices at right behind me and it was, you know, glowing red or whatever. They indicated something was there. And then the uh, apparatus that was there ended up calling me a very bad word uh, right by my back. So that was, uh, that was the one time I've ever really interacted with a spirit, but I mean, it's, uh, I, if I could, I'd do it again, of course, but uh, I haven't gotten the opportunity to quite yet. So if I ever got to, I would definitely uh, do something like that again just to, just to feel that. That, that was always uh, a strange feeling that I'd like to feel again if possible. Uh, Deborah Perkins is a guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. And, well, I'll tell you what, Deborah, you have been awesome, and we're definitely going to have you on again, and uh, we'll coordinate with you on when we can be on your show because uh, – uh, you know, uh, I'm sure uh, with myself and Matthias, and especially if you add Granny Hawkshire to the mix, it'll definitely be a rating blockbuster for you. So we want to bring our masses to you for you, and then uh, you've been awesome, and we thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. So much fun with you. Awesome. Uh, Deborah Perkins, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we have the main event. So give us a little second, and we'll be right back after this the new wood spring suites of fargo located at 1090 35th street north at the i-29 and 12th avenue north interchange is an extended stay pet friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room including a stovetop full-size fridge and microwave plus a big 40-inch flat screen tv with free wi-fi you can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the reason why E-Entertainment is the station it became. Without him, there wouldn't be an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He's going to give us all about mysteries and scandals. Fame ain't it a something. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you A. Yay. Benza. Hey, gang. How are you? I have to get that copy. I can't read the copy. I can't find it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll text it to you. We can, we can do it afterwards. Okay, cool. That's better. All right. But for, before we do that, then, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, I would definitely be uh, – uh, uh, if you want to give us a background about yourself, then uh, I'll ask you a few tables uh, questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Sure. Uh, background on myself. Um, Italian kid from Brooklyn. Uh, got married, moved to Long Island, then got divorced, and my life went at warp speed. I was a journalist, gossip columnist for the New York Daily News for about eight years, and I thought I'd get some TV offers coming in, and one of those offers was from E to host this show called Mysteries and Scandals that no one had seen yet. Um, I was already working with E on, on a show called The Gossip Show, which was a precursor to TMZ many years ago, and that just that blew up a lot of opportunities for me. You know, movies came in and book deals came in. I just tended to be quite a different Gossip columnists. Most gossip columnists, when I was coming up, were either females, gay guys, 
just not a street kid like me. No one had done that. And, and it just caught on. Guys like to think that they were getting the real, the real skinny from me. And I had a good look at that. I, mean, I had a good cut to my suit. The girls liked it, too. So I had a ball. And I've been out in California now for 27, 20, 26 years. Uh, and I got my podcast going. Fame is a bitch and politics is a bitch um, every day. I'm just rocking and rolling, guys. All right. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, we, we can uh, let that go ahead. And uh, But uh, other than that, it's PG language because we're on uh, local radio here. But, uh, you know, one thing uh, I do like about – well, one thing I do like about – well, I well well I, I you know just 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 be safe. You can't say that word on your show. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we're in uh, we're in uh, Fargo, we're we're in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, things are things are fun here. But anyway, yeah, I got you. Uh, AJ Benz is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kansas FM. We got uh, thirty two minutes here with AJ. You know, one thing though, I do love uh, when I first uh, saw your show, uh, Mysteries and Scandals. All the different right. things that uh, uh, you uh, you know you you revealed, but when uh, you know when you started doing uh, each show, uh, did you have any input on uh, input on uh, man? We should do uh, a per, uh, a show on this person or this person yeah. or uh, how did that I mean, happen? Well, the first you know when I got there it was thirteen people and one host, thirteen producers, one host on the thirteenth floor. And we got a commitment for 13 weeks. So we didn't know if we were going to keep going. Um, it was a different show for E. Um, and then suddenly we got an order of 13 more, then an order of 26 more, then 50 more. And when you get to those numbers, we did like 172 shows, I think. You really start to talk around a table and go, well, you know, it would be a good one. Why don't we do it? I mean, there's, there's some you have to do, the Clark Gables, the, you know, the, the God, there's so many. Marilyn Monroe, Judy Garland, you got to do those. But then you go find some of these off-the-beaten-path celebrities who had scandal attached to them, and I thought those were some of the more interesting shows. Now, uh, one of the ones that I, uh, I thought most interesting was when you did the thing about Bobby Fuller. Bobby Fuller 4, yeah. I remember that show great because that was my car we'd be using in the episode. I had an old, an old blue, a vintage car. We used that to, have, to make like it was Bobby Fuller's car. Yeah, I mean, I, I started to learn. I always had an interest in celebrities, always, uh, obviously, as a gossip columnist. But then when I got out of here, and now I'm in Hollywood. I was living in Hollywood. I actually lived in Marilyn Monroe's first apartment. That was my first place. A little $700, $700 a month little hole in the wall. And um, I started to learn much more about celebrities and the scandals. And we just kind of uh, put those things together. Some of the, like you said, Bobby Fuller, Probably wouldn't make people top 100 of scandalous lives, but those shows are great because you all learn something as a, as a team. Now, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you a, another, a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll bring uh, my co-host, and we'll bring that back to me, and I'll ask you a couple of questions. But <clears throat> now, when you're doing when you're doing some of these episodes, and uh, you're you're learning about uh, you know what happened to them, and you're reporting about how it happened to them. Did you ever get any pushback from, like, any relatives of these individuals about uh, what you said or that's not true or why would you say that, stuff like that? Did that ever happen? No. No, it never did. In fact, the opposite was true. There were people – There were. we had many famous people come in and talk to us, uh, and some people were dying to let the real truth come out. 
Uh, I remember Sal Mineo, right, from Rebel Without a Cause and all those movies, James Dean and such. He, um, his, manager, his manager just told us off the bat. He said that, you know, Sal slept with every man in town. It could have been anybody who killed him, somebody with a lover's grudge. Um, you know, you've learned a lot more from people who've been journalists in Hollywood for 35 years, producers, other main celebrities. Like, uh, we had so many people come on and talk. I can't remember them all. Red Buttons came on and talked about it. It got to be such a good show that they, <clears throat> they, had, they would air it at least 10 times a day. They'd run marathons. So people always saw me, and when I went out to dinners and clubs, I meet other people who used to work with such and such celebrity, and they would pitch the idea of an episode on their former friend. In fact, in fact, um, Elizabeth Taylor told one of our producers that that's her, that was her favorite show because she got to see all her friends from the old golden era of Hollywood. So it's pretty pretty cool stuff as you as you kept moving on to different subjects. Uh, A.J. Benson is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our, our Facebook page, Attitude Air, Monday Live Monday, you like that, go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that, do a $10 month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you an autograph, uh, get you qualified to win an autograph uh, picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, uh, A.J., would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways? Said what? Would you be willing to send us a few uh, autographs for giveaways to our fans? Right now, I would certainly give you autographs, but right now I'm in between houses and all my stuff is in storage, and it's in a box somewhere in a storage facility. So I couldn't get anything to you in the, the, the immediate future, no, but I will, sure. Well, uh, as, we, as long as we get them by uh, uh, the 1st of July when we have our next uh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd probably do it then. Probably. Awesome. I'll look for right. I'll uh, look for them. Okay, I'm going to uh, introduce you to our, our, our first co-host, Granny Hulkster. Uh, what do you have for our guest, uh, A.J. Benza? Go ahead, Granny. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have Thank you on. Thank you. What made you decide you wanted to take that type of career path that you do? Uh, you mean showbiz in California and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, well, just, in, just in general, what made you decide you wanted that kind of lifestyle? Like, oh, like... Well, wow, I, I really had, want to do this. Yeah, I always had stars in my eyes. I studied acting. I've done I've done about ten movies. I, I I always had that in my back pocket that I was going to go to Hollywood and get movie roles, and I did. So I studied when I was younger. So I knew I was going to end up in California at some at some point. But um, I, as I said, I was just uh, enamored with celebrity. My mother used to read me the gossip columns in the morning before school because she loved. You know, Cindy Adams, Rona Barrett, Liz Smith. And I just picked up on it. I found it very interesting. And then once you get to Hollywood, um, it's almost like you're not even, you don't even go after roles. They come to you. When you have a popular show and they see how you are on television and what your cue factor is, meaning people like you or don't like you, then people come to you with an idea for a show or can you host this show? Can you appear on this telecast? And you go, yeah, sure. And you just, it's like on a conveyor belt for a while. You're not even making the moves. They're making the moves for you. And the money's always good. Uh, there were lean years in there, too. But, you know, in the beginning, I come fresh out of New York City. I landed in Hollywood, and there was nothing but work for, like, a good eight straight years. It was a good run. That's awesome. That's, 
That's awesome. AJ Benz is our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. And I'll tell you what, man, you, you, are, you are just an awesome guy. And I, I, I'm not trying to bother you up, cause, and I don't want you to hang up, but you are just awesome. That's why I want to introduce you to um, another great guy. Uh, his okay. name is uh, the Modern Nightmare Matthias. Uh, what do you have for AJ uh, Benza? Go ahead, Matthias. Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias here. Welcome right. on to my part of the program. Uh, my main question to you would be, um, I was looking up uh, some details about you um, before we did our show today, and I noticed you right. had this. You have this show called Case Closed, and I see yeah. you uh, from the from the episode guide. You've got a few interesting ones like Tupac and Biggie, Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, O.J. Yeah. Simpson. What was one of your favorite episodes uh, to do, and why? Was it because of details, like the people you're interested in? What was the main reason for one of them being your favorite episode? I like. I mean. To me, Marilyn Monroe has been done so often, it's hard to get anything new into an episode. But I love the Tupac and Biggie ones because I was a very good friend of Tupac's in the early to mid-90s before he died. And I was out with him a lot. So I knew him as a friend. I knew a, a side of him that he didn't want the real public to see. He had this mentality that he had to stay strong and tough and street, you know, streetwise. But I, I, knew about his, I knew about the people who went after him and, and, and killed him. So I felt like on that episode, at least, I could bring my, my, uh, what I knew for a fact. In fact, I kind of steered that episode not to producers. I said, this is wrong. This didn't happen. You know, I would mention certain guys and say, no, 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 that's not what happened. I know exactly who killed Tupac, you know. Uh, so those were great episodes uh, because those guys, their music, like Diggy and Tupac, we all came up together in, in the early 90s. And, um, you know, to see them get shot, shot so early, and still leaves such a mark on society, and the murders aren't solved, supposedly, it, uh, you know, that really struck home for me. Okay. And then uh, on that show, would there, were there, would there have been a, a case that you've always wanted to do that you haven't gotten an opportunity to do yet? Unfortunately, I can't think of one yet. I mean, there have been hundreds of deaths since the show went off the air. I mean, they could run Mysteries and Scandals again and do 172 new episodes. But um, I, uh, it, and it's a funny business, TV. The Reels Channel only gave that show an eight-week commitment. So we knew the shows we were going to do. If it continued on, then I would have pitched some ideas as well. I love Natalie Wood's story. Um, Robert Blake's story I like. Uh, you know, shooting his uh, girlfriend, whatever you want to call it, wife. That happened around the corner from where I live. So yeah, I would have pushed on those episodes. Those are really intriguing intriguing stories okay well you know uh, one that's kind of topical right now and we have uh, AJ Benson's against here on 89.1 Gens FM we got uh, 22 minutes here with our buddy you know uh, one that's kind of like topical right now uh, you know with uh, uh, I want to dance with somebody Whitney Houston I think that would be an interesting episode oh. yeah it would be I knew I, I knew Whitney as well um, not not to be great friends with her but I knew her on a hello goodbye basis and her death, you know, people are shocked by it, but Whitney was always a big party girl that didn't come out in the press. She was very protected. In fact, she had a female lover for many years named, named, uh, named Gail Crawford, and she loved her. But the music industry, particularly Clive Davis, wouldn't allow that. They wouldn't allow her to be seen with her girl, Robin Crawford. Robin Crawford. 
If you can't be seen with it, it's going to ruin your image. And, you know, she just lived like a sad life for a while. She was magnificent, but she wasn't her true self. She loved Bobby Brown, but Robin was really somebody she was head over heels for. And then that, that whole family, from the daughter to her to the daughter's boyfriend, all dead, all drug overdoses, it's terrible. You know, you mentioned that uh, the uh, uh, E signed on for eight weeks, uh, so that would have been eight episodes. So your first eight episodes, because I, 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 I've recorded them all back in the day. Uh, this was, right. of course, before DVR, but uh, a lot yeah. of Turner – George Rees, Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, yeah. James Manfield, Fatty Arbuckle, Thelma Todd, and Bugsy Bugs Siegel. That's easy for me yeah. to say. Those were your first eight episodes. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. We even, we even went to Vegas to do Bugsy Siegel. We did a two-day trip in the, in the, uh, the Red Rock Mountains, the background. That was a big deal for E to do that way back when. They didn't have a lot of money back then. Yeah, those eight episodes were really strong, and... You can't miss with names like that. And everybody on top of that, everybody who's a little enamored with Hollywood likes to build their celebrities and their stars up. We like to see them on a, on a golden, a golden bridge or a tower. And then admittedly, something happens and we start to tear them down. And it's a sad fall. But all those actors and actresses had that same rise and fall. Uh, and I gotta be honest, a lot of it has to do with this town and the business they worked in. Some of these girls like Judy Garland was plied with uppers and downers when she was filming movies. She was only 16 years old. Here's some uppers to work all day for 14 hours. Here's some downers to go to sleep for eight hours. You know, they just went through the mill with these young, young actresses. Now, my next question is when you're, you know, when you're doing a deep dive into uh, these uh, different events and different act, uh, actors and actresses and what happened, uh, of course, you know, uh, my favorite episode of all uh, will always be um, your one from, uh, let me get the date because I remember it so well, August 3rd, 1998, uh, when you did Buddy Holly. Uh, that was my uh, favorite yeah. episode. Yeah. That was my favorite episode of all time, of course. Uh, everybody knows that Buddy Holly was on his way to here, Fargo, North Dakota, when his plane crashed yes. in Iowa. And uh, um, another uh, thing that people don't know, and you might know this, um, Del Shannon, uh, his last concert was here in Fargo because he committed suicide a week after he, he performed his last concert yeah, here. Yeah, I do know that. And you know that you know you know the story better than me here in Fargo. But I mean, they, they flipped the coin that night. Uh, so who was going to take the bus? Who wanted to take the airplane? Buddy Holly, the big bopper, and um, Richie Valens. Richie Valens, and right. Whoever, mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever lost the, the, the flip of the coin went on that Ricky plane that a week before they were told this needs to go in for a lot of repairs. But they were just trying to make that money, go from city to city, and terrible story. Really terrible story. In fact, I was just yeah. in Nevada in a bar, an old saloon. can't think of the name right now. But uh, it was famous because the mountains behind her were where Clark Gable's Carol, he was in love with Carol Lombard. Her plane crashed into those mountains, and Clark Gable used to sit in that saloon and look at the mountain and cry. And I just went there a couple of times uh, a few weeks ago, really old-school saloon on a desert highway with nothing near it. You know, it's like you still, you still feel those people around you. It's very, very strange. You know, one thing I was going to ask you, you know, it's like, you know, they have all these, uh, you know, you did all, you did, uh, all those episodes about uh, different things. Uh, this is kind of uh, two questions on this. Uh, now, when you see movies come out 
now about, uh, you know, famous people, and, you know, you did your show for uh, many episodes, uh, like, for instance, uh, Babylon right now. You did, you know, you did a, uh episode, Beverly Hills Babylon, but when you're watching these uh, shows, are you like, man, I wish they would relaunch this and let me do a show and do a deeper dive in some of these subjects. Yeah. Do you ever come up, do you ever feel that way? No, you don't have to. He changed their their programming dramatically with the Kardashians. They became a completely different network. And a matter of fact, maybe eight, ten years ago, they were doing a, a, a reboot of Mysteries and Scandals, and they didn't ask me. They These are all younger kids who are now producers, and they, they hired Soledad O'Brien from, uh, you know, her journalism career. And it was an awful show. It only ran eight episodes. But they could have put me back in those suits, and I could have walked the streets of Hollywood, and everybody would have come back and seen that show again. They screwed up. They screwed up. You know, and uh, you know, and that's not that's not an ego thing. I mean, that's just a true thing. It's like I like, and I'm not just saying this because it's you. This is this is this is the truth. When they right. relaunched that show and it was not you, I couldn't watch it. Oh, yeah. I just could. Yeah, the ratings were awful. The ratings were awful. You know, E went very uh, feminine. They, a lot of their shows were based around women. So the, the right choice for them was to get a newscaster, a female, um, and they, they, she punched all the boxes, you know, black, Cuban, firm, a good career in journalism, and, and a woman. And back then, that was really important for E. When E took a shot with me, you have to remember, I came to Hollywood and got work because at the same time, a little show called The Sopranos was number one. And everybody's looking at these Italian guys beating each other up, murders, you know. And I happened to hit white when Sopranos hit uh, in, in L.A. So, I mean, I knew those guys. I see Jimmy Gandolfini at restaurants. So he was so different, although I wouldn't have got that shot that time either. But they, they really messed up. We could have been doing this again 20 years later. There's so many more deaths. And I got a second generation of fans now who there's, there's, about, there's about 15 shows on YouTube, I think, that one of my producers was smart enough to do that. Um, and I see them on YouTube here and there. And then newer fans are seeing that and going, wow, this show's so cool. Where, where is this show? When did this happen? But they were like four years old when it came out. So, you know, it's you know, and, go in Hollywood. You know, and the thing is, I mean, uh, a lot of the shows, uh, I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we'll never get to see like a, a DVD release of all the episodes or anything, but, you know, like you can go yeah. on YouTube, type in Mysteries and Scandals, and you can see all the highlights, but one thing I was gonna, I was kind of curious, you know, when you're doing all these, um, I don't know if you want to call them exposures of uh, famous people, but when you're doing this, did, uh, being in Hollywood, did you ever worry about your safety, uh, uh, talking about these different subjects? Did you ever worry about your safety? No, because not never in Hollywood. And in fact, um, I still got movie work and TV work, even though I was telling – see, they were more scared of me when I had a pen in my hand in New York City writing gossip. That was more scary for celebrities. But not when you're out here and doing a TV show. Um, they, they, they didn't care about that. But I'll tell you, part of the reason why I have I carry that show close to my heart is because, you know, we talked about addictions and problems and divorces and all these horrible things that happen to people. All those things were – almost simultaneously happening to me. And I really felt a close tie into that show. You know, some drug, some drug taking here and there, a divorce, you know, trouble with the cops, a lawsuit. And suddenly you're going, oh, my God, I'm just like the people I talk about. 
I could be a mystery and scandal one day. But thank God, no. <laughs> you know, and then the other thing I was going to ask you, and, you know, don't take this question the wrong way, but, uh, you know, being uh, being the host of the show and seeing how, uh, you know, some of the uh, lives got ruined the way they did, are you like thinking, you know, I think I'm going to put myself on the straight and narrow so they don't do an expose about me when I pass away? I'm, I'm such an open book. I've written two books. I've told every secret about me. There's no dirt that people can go dig up. I, I, I never worried. Because I, was, because I wrote gossip, I knew the best way to get around a scathing story is to just tell the truth to somebody. Tell the truth. Because if you, if you dodge and, and, and lie here and lie there, it's going to be a bigger story. So I always believe in telling the truth. Matter of fact, that's why the podcast I have is pretty successful because it's just, it's just raw honesty about myself, about my failings, uh, mixed in with, you know, news about famous people and gossipy stuff. But I find truth, truth is a great medicine. It kind of it makes people feel calm around you, I think. Because a lot of people have gone through hard times in life, uh, but not a lot of people want to talk about it. So to me, it was fine. I, I never worried about that. I just I like to get my dirt out there myself. You know, you know what's interesting is uh, one of the episodes uh, that you did uh, on the Mysteries and Scandals, uh, it uh, aired on uh, July 13th, uh, 1998, the quiz show Scandal. And what's interesting about that is they did a movie quiz show, uh, you know, yeah. it had Robert Morrow. And, uh, and the interesting thing is you're, you were in an episode of Numbers with Robert Morrow, uh, the star of the, yeah. uh, the mo- one of the stars in the movie about the um, – the the quiz show scandal. Did you guys ever talk about that, or did you not get to see him no, much I, on the set? I, I did. I only had a day, a day and a half on that TV show, and I didn't know. I didn't know he was there at all. I didn't. I didn't realize it. I was doing so much stuff at that point that I couldn't remember. I, I remember I, they had me on Saturday Night Live. They they flew me out to come on the stage and do a couple of skits with Jerry Seinfeld and David Bowie. Really, it was really heady stuff. And I, one year my stepson comes running downstairs and he says, they're doing an episode about you on family guy. I said, what's family guy? What? And I looked, I said, Oh my God, I shot this years ago. I don't watch animated shows. And the, the, the episode was about me. So it was, I, he couldn't believe it. So I started to forget what I was doing. There's so many things coming in and you spend an hour here, a day and a half there. And you know, I had busy. I had a lot of stuff going on elsewhere in my life, writing books and stuff, writing screenplays. So, you know, it just happened like that. I wish I would have seen him and talked to him. It would have been great. Well, you know what's interesting is uh, that particular episode of uh, Family Guy, season three, episode thirteen, the third DVD <laughs> in the series, uh, right. where uh, AJ Benz is the voice, and the episode is Brian Willows and Peter Swallows, two thousand two, right. on Family Guy. And uh, yeah. I remember that episode because I'm like. I, I was not a fan of Family Guy, but I'm like flipping yeah. through. It's like I'm like that's that sounds like AJ Benson, and I looked it up, and yeah, they uh, <laughs> they, oh, were, I know. they were using your voice in the series, which was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, did I, you ask them for residuals? Yeah, oh, let me tell you something about Family Guy residuals. I I couldn't believe that now, now they're not much. Now they're maybe a hundred bucks, but they, for for fifteen years. Four, four, three times a year. I'd get checks for 3000 2800 4100 
It goes to Europe. It goes on DVD. It goes on whatever else there is. And you, I couldn't believe the money that comes in from a, from a silly little animated show. But you, you know the people make who work on that show? Oh, my God. Millions and millions a year just to do a voice. It's really, well, let me ask you this. If you hit it big, you can just, you know, you can just go bananas with the money. You know, let me ask you this. It's crazy. What is the what is the lowest residual check you received? If you oh, want to share, a penny, a penny, two cents. Because if I did a movie that didn't do well, like twenty four years ago, there's nothing there. They're squeezing money out of God knows what store or what DVD they're selling. I don't know, but I've gotten everybody's gotten those penny and two penny checks. I just throw them out. There's a there's a bar in Santa Monica, I believe. Um, that's called residual. And people bring their checks that are really laughably funny and low, like a penny, two penny, three cents, and the guy puts them on a the wall. So it's, it's funny. It's a funny thing out here. But, you know, when you really got a few things going, a couple of movies, a TV show, then those checks, man, they come in four times a year, each quarter. And, uh, wow, you go, thank God. And I did Rocky Balboa, and I don't mind telling you this. I got paid. Five thousand dollars to do no no it was eight thousand dollars for three weeks three weeks of work and then you played when the LC. movie came out yeah LC Luco when the movie came out I got the same amount of money again another another eight grand then it goes to DVD eight grand Europe eight grand and that was back in two thousand six I had to have made two hundred thousand dollars in that movie and that happens to so many people out here once you spend time on a, a set with a like a Rocky movie. You know, those checks, they get sold all over Europe. So those movies do well for a long time. So that was really fun stuff, too. Now the checks are not anything. I mean, a Rocky check will still be several hundred dollars, but um, not like the old days. They were great. They were great. And and Mysteries and Scandals was international. So I would go to finance department and say, is there any checks for me? And they'd find like a $30,000 <laughs> check in Spain and Port- Portugal and Oh, yeah, it got crazy. It got crazy. Uh, we got uh, A.J. Benson, I guess, here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We got uh, six uh, minutes here left with A.J., maybe a little more after that. Uh, but, uh, A.J., do you have that script so we can go ahead and do that so we don't uh, so we don't forget about them? I just yeah, checked I'll do it right now. All right, I'll, I'll give you a right countdown. Now. We'll go ahead. I'll give you a countdown. Ready? Five? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Matthias. Oh, Matthias. Yeah, I know Matthias. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, ready? Five? Five, four, three. Two, one. Hey, this is AJ Benza. You're listening to the Attitude Big Sorry. Hey, this is AJ Benza. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Holster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So uh, now one thing I was going to ask you, uh, you know, you mentioned that, you know, uh, and I, I, I'm i sure you're not going to like me asking this, but, you know, you mentioned you get these checks for like a penny, two pennies or whatever, and, you know, just throw them out. Did you ever think of uh, maybe um, like uh, like donating them like to like a, uh, like a charity or something to have them auction off the check yeah. with your name on it? I never did. I mean, it's such a ridiculous amount of money that I feel stupid donating it. I mean, if I get a check for five bucks, I'll I'll put it in the bank. You know, I'm not going to throw five bucks away, but you know, nineteen cents. I I, I feel jerky going to the bank and doing that. But all right, that would have been a good idea. A charity. 
I mean, if, if they started that with all actors, wow, that charity have a lot of money. That'd be a good charity. Well, yeah, the reason why I was going to ask you is, like, next time you get a check for a penny, I, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $5. Uh, to send me the canceled check for a penny so I can put it up on my wall because I can oh, say I have a canceled funny. check from A.J. Benza. That's funny. I think I have some checks here that are a little low. Wait a minute. I love that $6.49. That's a keeper. Here's one for $9. They'll love you. Yeah, eight bucks. If I have a couple of pennies, I'll send it to you now. Now, 11 12 No, but they're, they're going to come in. They're probably at the P.O. box waiting for me right now. It's been, it's been a right. month since I've been there. Uh, Look here. We'll, we'll we'll put this. It's being recorded right now. Here's what I'll do. If you get a check for a penny, two penny, uh, anything under uh, four dollars, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Okay. If you if you be willing to autograph the check for me with uh, that's yeah. for a penny, I will send you five dollars for a penny check. <laughs> that's a funny idea. I'll do it. I swear. I'll do it. That's awesome. Funny. You got a bet. You got a deal. So uh, AJ Benz is our guest here. We got about uh, uh, three, uh, four minutes here left with uh, AJ. Uh, you know, uh, me and Matthias um, have been uh, asked to uh, uh, be uh, in an upcoming film that's going to be filming in, starting in May. I'm going to ask you this because you, because you're on Hollywood, you've been out there. What advice could you give uh, Matthias and myself when we walk on the set for the first day? Um, well, don't. If, I don't know if any big actors are going to be in it, but you're probably not going to want to go up to them and talk to them right away. They're, they're an odd bunch of people. Actors like to get very serious at work. Um, and I would say the other things are be on time, be early, and hit your mark. That's all they care about. There's a little piece of tape on the floor. Hit your mark. Know your lines because everybody's ashamed. Everybody wants to get home early. They don't like people who don't know their lines, so that, that bothers people. So know your lines. Hit your mark. And be careful who you talk to, because not every idol of yours you think is going to be a nice person. I've had some bad experiences where, oh, I love this guy's work, and then you meet them, and they're just blah, they're dull. It's just a different – a lot of actors, if you don't have a script for them, they don't fill up with this great bit of personality. And other actors do have that personality, but some just want the script, and they come alive then. And for them, it's just, it's just work. It's just work. So have, have so would you say that uh, you 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 have been big time by somebody? Have I been? Um, you know, I, I didn't like uh, uh, Bruce. Bruce Willis had a problem with me. He didn't like God. So I forget what I wrote. He was very popular with Simi Moore back in the day, and I'm sure I said something. My column was very funny, but sarcastic. And we were at a table for dinner one night. And I sat with him and some guys and. He didn't look at me. He didn't want to hear a story. He just completely never met my eye line. And then I met, you know, I've gone out with Raquel Welch, and all she wants to do is talk and have fun and laugh and have a martini. It just depends on the person. It's, it's, a, it's a strange phenomenon. That's awesome. Uh, are we, uh, so uh, we can do this here. If our fans want to check you out and see you, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? I got, I have everything. I mean, I don't have, I don't have big numbers because I just, my, my accounts were taken down for several months back. So now I'm starting up. I'm just AJ Benz on Instagram, uh, a, a period, dot period. And you'll find me under AJ Benz. Facebook is the same thing. And I'm not a big Twitter guy. I'm not, I really don't care for Twitter, but I'm, I'm the real AJ Benz at Twitter as well. 
And uh, if our fans want to check out your podcast, when is it and how can they hear it? Okay, Fame Ain't It a Bleep. It's, that's a daily show. Five days a week is the free show. And three days a week I do Patreon behind a paywall. If you, you can join for five bucks a month. People pay ten. Most people pay five. It's a great deal. You get For that five bucks you get eight shows a week, eight podcasts a week. And it comes out to like pennies for five bucks for, you know, 30 some odd shows a week. I do, I do show every day and I have politics as a bleep that runs about twice a week. So I, I, I keep busy with this stuff, but thank God I get to tell all my stories. And that's really what the podcast is about. Yes. I give you gossip because I'm still up on everybody, but I interweave my stories with those people from years back, how I knew them, what they were like. It gives you a fresh perspective on uh, these people we call movie stars. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, AJ, you are awesome, and we thank you for uh, staying up late with us and being with us, and you are awesome, and we thank you for uh, being with us, and uh, if we didn't scare you away too much, we'd love to have you back on again. Give me a call. No problem. I love it. That's great, guys. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, AJ. All right. Uh, AJ Benzo, ladies and gentlemen, that was awesome. Hey, uh, guys, uh, we... uh, uh, we're, we're not going to be on the air next week because uh, we're going to take a little break. Uh, but uh, episode 300 will be with us in two weeks. Uh, and uh, you guys remember who we're going to have on in two weeks? Yep. Yep. Uh, January 16th, 2023 is next time we hear us, episode number 300. Uh, and it's going to be all about Eric Easy E. Bishop. And uh, we're going to have him on with us. And, uh, we uh, until uh, then there will be a show on next week. We won't be live, but uh, you'll be able to hear one of our greatest hits, if that's a thing. Uh, being on radio and having a, the greatest hits, but uh, you know, I'll tell you what. I just want to let you guys know I love doing this with you, uh, both of you guys. We love our listeners, and uh, I'm not going to get uh, you all emotional and birdie here, but. Uh, you know, you guys have just been great, and uh, if you look at what we built from when we started to where we are now, and I know our fans are tired of me hearing, uh, saying that, but look, look where we are now compared to what we started, you know, a couple years back, six years ago, to be honest with you, and you guys are wonderful. I was kind of open for a comment, but anyway. Thank uh, you so, so much. Yeah, uh, and Matthias, uh, you're going to be here with us in two weeks, and Granny will be here with us in two weeks. And uh, until then, we want everybody to be safe, love each other, care for each other. And, uh, you know, uh, with that all being said, remember, as always, it is not goodbye. It is just good night. We'll, we'll see you in two weeks. You think you know me?
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.